Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke, again, chapter 8. It's our last week for the Dirt series, and uh, this will be page 788 in those soft Bibles that are in your seats there. Now, it was... In 1873, in Dublin, Ireland, that D.L. Moody, how many of you know who D.L. Moody is? He's one of the most well-known American preachers, and he overheard British evangelist by the name of Henry Varley utter life-changing words. And Varley said this, he said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man who is fully consecrated to him. The world has yet to see what God can do through a man who is wholly and fully consecrated to him. And it was after an all-night prayer meeting in Dublin that Varley said that, and he didn't even remember making the statement when Moody reminded him of it a year later. And uh, as Moody recalled, he said, I crossed the whole Atlantic. He was on a ship. He said, the boards of the deck were engraved with those words. And when I reached Chicago, the very paving stones seemed marked with them. Moody was captivated by these words, and he responded with this profound declaration. He said, by the grace of God, I will be that man. I will be that man. So the question for you today, even if nobody remembers your name, in a hundred years from now, what difference will your life have made? You know the saying, in a hundred years from now, all new people? None of us will be around. Just a hundred years from now, all new people. It's a reset. So a hundred years from now, even if nobody remembers your name, what difference will your life have made? What impact, because of you, will be measurable? What will be the measurable impact of your life? I think the greatest and most Honorable, the supreme epitaph of anybody, anywhere who ever lived was what the Apostle Paul spoke about King David. And he said this, he said, after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors. That's it. That's the greatest epitaph in history, that he had done the will of God in his own generation. David completed the will of God. He did what he was put on this earth to do when he was put on this earth to do it. He ran his race. He fulfilled his purpose. He lived up to his potential. He did it. He did it. We get surprised when things turn out the way we plan, (laughs) when things go according to plan. But when something actually works, we're like, oh, well, that that worked. We're surprised, right? Like we, we planted something and it grew. Oh, I, I can garden, right? You teach a class and somebody learns. Huh? It worked. I, I communicated the information. They passed the test. They did a good job. You know, some of you sent children off to college this, this past week or week or two. You know, you did it. You actually raised a child and got them to college. Congratulations. It worked. You did it. So let me ask you again, what are you doing with your life? What difference is it making? 
And I believe this with all my heart. That God desires and has designed each of us to leave an eternal mark on humanity. I believe that every single person has been designed to leave an eternal mark. You're created to change not just a few things here and there. It's not just to build a few structures or to create a few you know, rules or systems at your workplace or to teach a few classes or to educate about a certain thing. But you're created to change the eternal destinies of other people's lives. Forget 100 years from now. I believe that 10,000 years from now, 10,000 times 10,000 years from now, your impact will matter. We are eternal beings and we have eternal impact. How's that for an opener? That's good, right? Now, let me ask you, how many feel like you're doing something eternal with your days? Just so you know, um, I stained my fence, I made some phone calls, I ate a few hot dogs, and I lost some golf balls this weekend. How about you? What did you do? <laughs> We're eternal beings. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I did. I mean, I'd love to think my fence will last for a long time because I stained it. But I'll be happy with, like, five more years. Right? Like, I'm, hey, listen, I just manage my expectations a little bit, you know. We want our lives to matter. We know our lives matter, but eternity, to try and consider that, it just seems a little bit exaggerated, right? Like we're sitting here, I can sit up here and preach, and you're going to change eternity, and you're like, got to go to Home Depot when this is over, right? Like there's just this disconnect between what we, what we know and what we feel, but what's that, like the world we live in, right? So far beyond our actual experience. We like to talk about it because it sounds holy, but the reality is if I make it through the summer without abandoning my children on a curb somewhere, this is success. School's almost here. Almost there. How do we even start to think about such grandiose concepts as eternity when we live in the real world of here and now? Eternity is literally unthinkable. You cannot conceive it. You can't wrap your brain around it. So I'm not sure how much good it's going to do to talk about it today. So let's just let's just. Like, lower the expectations. Um, let's just shoot for the next seven days. Can we do that? Let's just shoot for the next seven days. So let's just take this message and contextualize it just for the next seven days. Let's do a bite size. All right, one week. So here's the question for today. How can we make the next seven days of our lives the most meaningful, most impactful seven days of the year? You're like, dude, it's August. Seriously, but let's just, what if? The next seven days, what would it look like if one week from today, you can look back and say, I lived the most meaningful, impactful week of my year? What if at the end of every day this week, you would say, wow, this is exactly what I was made to do. I could not have done any more with this day than I just did. And I feel totally and completely satisfied with how I just spent my day. What if you did that for the next seven days? I said it's the last message in our dirt series today. And I believe it has the key in it for us to live out a week like that. If you're interested, great. If you're not interested in that, like I said, you can take a nap. I'll be done in about the next 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes. You know, I promise I'll be, I'll be tight today. Um, so if you want to sleep, start now. Just close your eyes. It'll be good. Um, but Luke, chapter 8, the most impactful seven days of the year. 
says this. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. We've been reading the story each week, and I'm going to continue to do it again. There's something about hearing it over and over again. It's good for our soul. Verse 5, a farmer went out to plant his seed. And as he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. And other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. It says other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil, and this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Again, this is Jesus talking to crowds, and he's teaching in the form of a story, and they don't get the story, and they're like seeds and plants and rocks and dirt. The disciples are like, Jesus, you're wise, you're really smart, we're not, I don't get it. And he goes, okay, I'm going to explain it for you. So in verse 11, just skip down a little bit, he says, this is the meaning of the parable, the seed, it's a metaphor, the seed is God's word. It's the Bible that's in the seats right there, it's the word of God to you. If you don't have a Bible, please take one. Take them all. Give them away. I'll buy more. It's the word of God. It's God's word. It's the seed. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. And a few weeks ago, Pastor Kerry preached on that. And he says in verse 13, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. Again, a few weeks ago, we preached on that. Then last week, he said, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out. Remember, it's boxed out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. The seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest and good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge Harvest. Let's take a moment and pray. Holy Spirit, please do whatever it takes to help us hear directly from you today. Amen. Amen. So a few thoughts here, right? There's a couple of different equations here that this story is kind of telling us. It's about seeds, and we know that the seed is always good. So in every equation, it's good seed. It starts with good seed. Next is the condition of the dirt. So there's good seed plus hard dirt, right, a footpath, and it represents the forfeited life. It's a story of unbelief. Never go there. And then you've got the good seed plus rocky soil, which is about the shallow life. It's a story of wandering, of never staying anchored to anything and just sort of constantly moving, drifting in the wind. Then there's the good seed plus the, the thorn-filled dirt, which is actually good dirt that's been uncultivated. And it turns out to be a wasted life. And it's a story of regret, of allowing other things to grow up alongside the good. And it ends up choking out what's good. And finally, we come to this good seed plus good dirt equals a good life. It's the story of fulfillment. It's the story of you being everything you were created to be. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And a hundred times as much has been planted. You have the potential to be a hundred times, if not more. To be honest, in that culture, 30, 60, a hundred times, 
That was normal. It was not uncommon for it to be hundreds of times what was planted. They would have understand this is just being the bare minimum of exponential growth. Here's my first thought today. You are made to multiply. God's design is that what comes to you as seed would produce a multiplied harvest. When you plant a seed, do you know what grows? Trees, plants that produce more. Right? We have a fig tree that's growing in a pot in our backyard. We planted the seed and it's growing. And guess what? Guess how many figs we got this year? One. I ate it yesterday. It was really good. I can't wait for next year. <laughs> Maybe there's going to be two. Right? But seeds turn into trees. The seed of faith that grows in you will impact the world far beyond you. You need to recognize the potential that lies within you. You are made to multiply. It was the abolitionist Henry Ward Beecher, brother of Harriet Beecher Stowe, for those who are wondering, who said this, we should so live and labor in our time that what came to us as seed should go to the next generation as blossom. And what came to us as blossom should go to the next generation as fruit. We should always be cultivating and growing what came to us and it should be multiplying. The heart of God is for far more than just a seed to become a tree, but for the tree to generate a forest. God doesn't just come to us and plant seed and we so we're like, I'm good. I got faith. I found Jesus. I'm all right. My life is good. I'm okay. That's a seed that refuses to bear fruit. It's disobedient, it's unproductive, and it's unfulfilling. That's not what you were made for. It's been said anyone can count the seeds in an apple, right? I've said this before. But only God can count the apples in a seed. He plants something in you, and it's not just that one thing. You are made to multiply. I mean, how fulfilling would it be if you knew that you were multiplying life? If God was using you to change life for other people, that because of you, heaven is full. You're just sending people up left and right because of what's going on inside of you. The life that is born in you because of your relationship with God is designed, it's designed, it's intended, it's a seed, it's meant to grow and birth more life in others. The reason you need to know that you are made to multiply is this. Multiplying is hard. It's hard. If it would be easy, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would be having life just kind of emanate from them. Instead, what do we multiply easily? Pessimism. Frustration, irritation, anger, discouragements, judgmental attitudes. Listen, it's so easy to multiply that. Everybody's outraged. You want to multiply outrage? You can go ahead. It's so easy to multiply the negative. But to multiply life, it's hard. You have to fight for it. It requires perseverance. 
And Jesus doesn't deny that it will be hard. He says right in there, you're going to need patient production. You're going to need, the word there is endurance. You're going to need, need to endure. It was Julius Caesar who said, it's easier to find men who will volunteer to die than to find those who are willing to endure pain with patience. We would rather die than persist in pain. It's true. Because it's hard to endure. It's easier to quit, to give up, to give in. But to push through, it's hard. Patience is possibly the most elusive and the most critical quality we can possess. Anybody want a lesson in patience? Nobody asks, please, God, give me more patience, because you know he's just going to make you wait. That's not what we want. We just we don't really want to learn patience. We just want the thing now. So when I say I want you help me be patient, it's just, hey, could you hurry it up? Patience is hard. It's character forming. Leo Tolstoy said the two most powerful warriors of patience and time. Patience and time. I read somebody said, you know, be wary of of the of the angry man who is patient. Oh. Oh. You feel it, right? If you can be patient, it's a powerful warrior. When the seed has been planted in us, we want everything to come together at once. God, why don't you just make me perfect right now? I got faith. Just fix me. Make everything good. I don't want to struggle with this anymore. Just clean me up and do it now. You know, God just doesn't do it that way. There's something hard about it. When we share faith with somebody else, what do we want? We want them to believe it. So, listen, listen to me. Believe it. Embrace it. Make changes and get cleaned up right now. It wants to happen all quickly. And you know what? He says it comes as a seed. You know what you do with a seed? You put it in the dirt. You bury it. For a seed to grow, it's got to come to terms with the fact that the world is dark. Recognize reality. I am nothing. And it's got to fight to burst through that shell. And when it comes out of the shell, it's in dirt. And there's worms and bugs. And it fights and it fights and it fights. And it struggles to break through the ground. The next thing you know, there's wind and there's rain. And there's the scorching sun. Things that could kill it. And it's got to learn to take those those environments that would do it harm and to leverage it for its own good. To take the, the, the rain that could drown it and instead turn it into the nutrition that it needs, the nourishment. And to take that sun that could scorch it and wilt it and instead somehow convert that into energy that helps it to grow. And, the, and to withstand the wind. Send its roots down where nobody else can see. And then it's so proud of itself and it looks over and there's an oak tree. And it looks at itself and it's just a small sprout. And comparison begins to jump in. It's tempted to give up. Let me tell you, the sidelines of faith are filled with people 
who have the good dirt and the best seed and yet never develop into a multiplying life because somewhere along the way they give up because it takes time and time demands patience and they don't have any. And there's good seed and good dirt, but they're impatient. So they quit. All I can tell you is that God is a God of process. In his divine wisdom, he said, I want to start this thing as a seed. I'm going to start it somewhere small. He knew it would be hard, and he chose this process anyway. So I've got to believe that there's something that happens along the way in that process that's necessary for us. There's something in the struggle. There's something in the listening and the clinging and the waiting that qualifies us to multiply good. See, because there's something in that humbling process, in that striving process, in that struggle that refines us as people. And then when we come to the opportunity to multiply, you know what we multiply? We multiply good. Because if we're immature and multiply, what we multiply is immaturity. It's what happens. Jump in a junior high classroom. There's multiplied immaturity and it just spreads like wildfire. One kid says this is cool and it's not cool. But because he said it's cool, everybody else is believing it's cool. Before you know it, there's a whole classroom saying like the most ridiculous thing because that kid said it's cool. And they just multiplied stupidest stuff. When we give people and ourselves space to hear from God, to think deeply about his promise, and we take time, we grow. There's something that happens in that time. Really three things that God says there. That Jesus says that, that need to happen in that process. He says they listen. You listen for the word of God. So just be around it. Soak it in. And they cling to it. Hold on to it tightly. And then they wait. So here's the so what for today. Do you want to live a life that fulfills your purpose? Do you want these next seven days to be the best seven days of your life? Do you want to feel so satisfied with your life that nothing could make you wish for a different life? How many would sign up for that? Where you say, I would love to be at the place where I don't wish for anybody else's life, but I say this, I love who I and what I am. So here are the steps. Here's the pathway outlined by Jesus. One, listen for the voice of God every single day. Very simply, listen for the voice of God. He will direct your steps daily. Are you reading the Word of God? He's given you His Word. It's right there. It's the Bible. It's His Word to you. If you don't ever hear the Bible except when you're here, you're illiterate. I'm just... My daughter wants me to read to her at night. She's going to second grade. She's supposed to read for herself. I want to read for her sometimes. Sometimes I do not want to read. A little bug went at you. I don't want to read it again. I've read it 700 times. A little bug went at you. You know, I read the book over and over. And she walks in and says, and I know that I can read it for her. But I know that if she will read it, it will help her grow and be able to read so much deeper things. 
if you're not reading the Bible for yourself, basically you're coming every Sunday here and going, Pastor Dan, will you read for me? Don't do that. (laughs) You're choosing to be deaf to the voice of God all throughout the week if you are not engaging it. His word is a lamp to your feet. It is a light unto your path. It's the sword and shield. It's living and active. It's the seeds of life. God has given you the seed. Listen to it. Be familiar with it. Read it daily. If you don't have one, take one. Bible reading plans to tell you what to read every day, they're on the back table. We will resource like crazy. There's apps, version Bible app. It's Hundreds of millions of downloads. Get it. It's amazing. It's fantastic. You can read it. It'll tell you what to read every day. It makes it so simple and easy. You have no excuse not to read the Bible daily. Don't tell me you don't have time. We've got time for whatever we want to have time for. You make time. Read the Bible. Listen daily. You want to be fulfilled. You want to live the life God has called you to live. Starts within his word daily. Listen He's speaking. If God is speaking, we should be listening because we're telling God, I don't need to hear what you want to say to me. Back up when you say that. I don't want to be near you. It contains everything we need for planting acres and acres of life in and through us. Listen for the voice of God every day. The second thing, very simple, it's in the word right there, cling says, those with good dirt and good seed, they listen, they hear it, and they cling to his promises. As you hear him, hold on to the promises God makes you. Because as you're reading the word of God, as you're feeding yourself, what's going to happen is you're going to hear promises. You're going to come across these promises. And you know what you do? You hold on for dear life. You hold on for dear life. You go, God promised I don't see it and I can't believe it. Everybody else tell me it's not true, but God promised. Isaiah 55.10 says, The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer, bread for the hungry. Listen to this, verse 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out. God says he sends out his word as seed and it always produces fruit. Other translations say it never comes back void. God sends out his seed. It's effective. Here's the essence of this. Nothing you do is wasted. Cling to that promise that everything you do in obedience to God matters. I love this because in verse, verse 13, it says of Isaiah, it continues, it says this. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. We just talked about thorns. It says, where once there was thorny ground, when you cling to my promise, guess what? Now I'm going to grow trees there. God can do gardening in your heart. Cultivate it. Nothing you do in obedience is ever wasted. Cling to the promise that your life matters. And everything you do in response to his leading will be worth it. And finally, refuse to quit. Keep going. So you listen for the promise of God. You cling to those promises. And in the waiting, you just don't quit. 
My, one of my life verses, Hebrews 10.36, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive all that he has promised you. You need to just keep going. Don't quit. Calvin Coolidge said this, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education alone will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and will always solve the problems of the human race. Just don't quit. God promises you. You want to be fulfilled in your life? You want these next seven days to be the best seven days of your life? Listen to his word every day. Cling to his promises and just don't quit. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just hang in there. Two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul. The other took a pessimistic view and said, we'll surely drown with much ado. So with a last despairing cry, he kicked up his legs and said goodbye. The other turned and with a merry grin said, I can't get out, but I won't give in. So he kicked and kicked until it would seem he had churned into butter what once was cream. On top of the butter, at last he stopped and then out of the bowl, he gladly hopped. The moral of the story is easily found. If you can't get out, keep kicking around. I love that poem. Refuse to quit. Sometimes you feel like you're a frog in a bowl. There's no way out of this. Or my dad saying he used, it was a point in his life where he just felt like that he was in the middle of the, in a round boat in the middle of the ocean with one paddle. And the more he paddled, just spun in circles. Couldn't make any progress. The harder he tried, the dizzier he got. Says, and God spoke to him and said, for right now, success looks like this. Just stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Patience. You listen for the voice of God. You be obedient to what he's prompting you. You cling to those promises and you patiently wait. You continue. To, you do not quit. And you know what's going to happen if for the next seven days we will do that. If you just keep kicking, what's going to happen is that one week is going to turn into two. And two weeks are going to turn into a month. And a month is going to turn into a semester. And a semester is going to turn into a year. And before you know it, that the faith that is in you just starts to multiply in others. The farmer plants the seed and he waters and he tends it and he goes to bed at night. The next morning he wakes up and there's a sprout. And it grows, though he has no idea how it happens. There's no magic. I don't know what it is. I know what one plants, another waters. God adds the increase. It's very simple, the equation. There's good seed. There's good dirt. And if you will allow it to penetrate your heart and soak in, if you will listen to these stories that Jesus has told us, if you will guard your heart, not allow anything else to grow in, if you'll prevent it from being shallow, if you'll really go deep, if you will be patient. 
multiplication will happen. You'll know nothing about it. It'll just happen. Say, how did we get here? It's seemingly overnight, but it's never overnight. We began this church in 2010. We averaged 35 people for a whole year. That included the 10 people on our team. And I was counting kids. I would count dogs, goldfish, anybody you brought. I would count it. Hit a pet rock, I would count the rock. I did not care. We were desperate. You know what we did? We just kept listening to God. Kept being obedient. Let me tell you, cling to the promises. God's still probably got fingernail marks all over. You know, his side from me just being like, please, you said, you said, you said, you said. You told us to come here. You told us to come here. You told us to come here. I'm clinging to the promise. I'm listening to you. And we just kept kicking. And little by little, this community of faith and of life has grown. We're not done yet. But look around. We just continue to grow. Don't look around today. There's nobody here today. It would have been so much better if this was like in like November when we're like really got people here, you know, everybody's on vacation. Listen, just, just look at the beach, right? That's where everybody is. Sorry. But it happens one person at a time. Can I just encourage you today? Do not grow weary in doing good. You may not see growth, but God is always at work. Keep planting seeds. Keep cultivating the soil of your heart. There's no magic pill. You just continue to be faithful in those things and allow God to do good work in your heart. And you keep planting seeds. You will never be more fulfilled when you look, than when you look back on your life and say, I did what was hard and I did not quit. I was faithful. I endured. And it made all the difference. I'm going to close with this and Nikki can come on up. I'm going to read that quote one more time. The world has yet to see what God can do with a life fully consecrated to Him. Just saying, God, I'm all in. How about just the next seven days? We say, God, okay, I'll give you this next seven days. It's been a month of fasting for us. We've been encouraging you each each day to do some different type of fast. If you're not familiar with that, we've got more resources. You're not too late to participate on the back table. You can take it. It's a little guide, something different for every day. Again, you're already at a head start because you did today's. Today was come to service. Sabbath Sunday, and you're there. You got it. Tomorrow will be, you know, meal-free Monday, tech-free Tuesday, and watch-free Wednesday. That's, let me tell you, watch-free Wednesday. I'm starting to love that. I actually play board games as a family. It's like, oh, it's pretty cool. I'm playing chess with my son. He's beating me, but it's still fun. Thoughtful Thursday and fear-free Friday and spend-free Saturday and all these different things. As we dedicate a week to God, just say, God, I'm going to give you a week. I'm just going to do my best to listen. When you speak, I will cling to it. And I will be patient and I will endure and I will not give up. Listen, you're gonna you're gonna put you're gonna throw seeds out there, and you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna they're gonna end up on a hard path of somebody's heart, and they're gonna blow you off. Keep planting seeds, because 
somewhere along the way, you're going to run into somebody who maybe they've got some rocky soil and something will grow. Maybe it's got shallow roots and you have an opportunity to say, hey, do you want this to last? You can talk to them about it. And maybe you're going to put some seeds out. You're going to talk to somebody who's just, they care so much about so many other things. There's so many other concerns growing up in their life. Finances or health, career path, relationships. You can just say to them, hey, you want peace in your life? Let's get some of those things uprooted. It's going to take work. It's just hard. There's no, nowhere does it say tending the field of your heart is easy. It's going to take endurance. But you can do it. Not only can you do it, you are made to do it. You're created to multiply. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, Lord, here we are. You see us where we are, Lord. We're not perfect. We're not super spiritual. We're just people. But, Lord, you have put something in us, a seed of faith that has such potential to change eternity for somebody else. It's hard for us to understand. But, Lord, you've also given us very simple steps that we can do today that'll put us on the path to that end. So I ask that today we would commit ourselves to listening. Just start there. We will listen. We will read your word and say, God, speak to me through this. Help me understand you better. And as we grow in our relationship with you, Lord, would you produce a hundred times as much has been planted in us? May we have just an elevated view. May we see ourselves the way you see us. May we understand the potential that lives within us. Thank you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreescc.com.